0: Hey folks, before we get started with the episode, a couple of brief announcements, one of which is uh, apologies for the length of time between the last upload and this one. We have just a handful of episodes left in our plan for the run of this series. We're hoping to get the rest of them posted soon. They are 99.9% edited, finishing touches are all that's left, so we're going to try to have those up in the next month or so. The other thing I want to mention very briefly, as some of you listening might already know, I, the person who is speaking right now, I am now going forward going to be using the name uh, Benjamin Wilgus. I won't be editing the episodes to reflect this, either the old ones or the new ones that we're posting. Uh, Transitioning is messy. I don't really see any reason to pretend otherwise. But just to avoid any confusion for those of you who might be listening to this in the future or seeing how this podcast is listed in places, fortunately Wilgus is a unique last name, so I feel like y'all are going to be able to put the pieces together. That's it. Those are my announcements. I hope that you enjoy the episode. And huge thanks to Shannon Wright both for taking the time to speak with us and being patient with us while we got her episode posted. We're all doing the best that we can, folks. This is Graphic Novel TK, your podcast guide to comic book publishing. Hello, and welcome to Graphic Novel TK. I'm Allison Wilgus.
1: And I'm Gina Gagliano.
0: Uh, and today we're here to talk about publishing during COVID and specifically what it's been like to do book promo in this very strange year. And we're delighted to have our special guest, Shannon Wright, whose debut graphic novel Twins came out uh, this past fall. Shannon, it's so great to have you here with us. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into comics and what you're doing now?
2: Yeah. Um, first off, hello, everyone. Um, (laughs) just, just, just putting it out there. Hello. Hello. I feel like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to just like talk to people. Um, but yeah, so my name is Shannon Wright. I'm an illustrator and cartoonist, uh, living in Richmond, Virginia. I'm on the East coast. Um, And let's see, how did I get into comics? Um, I went to school. (laughs) I decided to uh, go to art school after being like, oh, um, I can't really do math or science really well. So let's try art. (laughs) Let's just stick with what I know. And uh, halfway through um, art school, I realized, I was like, okay, I like drawing pictures and I have all of these ideas Why don't I combine the two? Even though I had been reading comics and like manga all my life, it just didn't click. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) Like storytelling's a thing. Um, And then I got into comics uh, halfway through college uh, with the help of Kelly Alder, who I was taking classes under. And a bunch of my friends in Richmond were making comics. And I was like, oh my God, this is really cool so that's how I got into comics and the rest was history. You know, and I, have a, I have a whole graphic novel out. And in terms of what I'm doing now, um, you know, dealing with dread uh, like everyone else. And Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) the the,
0: the ever-crushing weight of the present moment, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know,
2: you know what? uh, Pretty much everyone's going through. And um, I'm making more comics, and also I'm dabbling in picture books too. So I'm just so like I'm just entrenched in just like storytelling
1: right now. Wow, that all that all sounds super exciting. I can't wait for more comics from you. So. This episode is all about comics publishing and the pandemic that happened in the past year, during which time you had a new graphic novel come out. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little about that book, Twins?
2: Yeah. So Twins is a graphic novel um, created by Varian Johnson and I. Varian wrote the book. I illustrated the book. We're partners. We're co-creators. And it follows the story of these twin girls, Maureen and Francine, and they're starting middle school, uh, which anyone who has gone to middle school and has started sixth grade knows the headaches and anxieties and just the mess that is middle school. And so what happens when you have these twins who have done everything together Uh, they have been in the same activities, have the same friends, you know, they share the same face and all of a sudden one Francine doesn't want to be attached at the hip with her twin anymore. Whereas Maureen is like, but I like this, like, why are we changing this? And so drama happens as it does with siblings and just middle school And the girls end up running for class president against each other and more drama. There's so much drama in this book. And I remember at one point I was like, is this a lot? And then I had to think back and go, no, this is, this is just true to life.
0: Yeah. Middle schoolers are extremely extra.
2: They really are. They really are. There was moments when I was um, drawing this book and I was like, oh yeah, we did the most for no reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So your book came out in October. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I assume that like a lot of us, you had, let us say, an evolving understanding of the landscape um, <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> between March and the fall. So around when did you and your kind of publicity team start talking about this being uh, a virtual book launch versus something that was going to happen in person? Like, how early were you having that conversation?
2: Um, I want to say as early as like late Spring, um, early summer. I remember we had crossed our fingers that things would get better by the time summer had ended, um, and it was like it was like a loose cross our fingers, and that did not look like it was going to happen. And so we kind of settled that this was going to be a virtual tour, and I also kind of knew that it was going to be a virtual tour. Um, I had. One event planned that uh, normally takes place in our city. It's like a huge festival. And they were banking that, you know, things would clear up by the same time my book was going to come out. And that was not the case. And so I was like, you know, I have two big things that I was going to do. I don't think they're happening anymore. I think it's just going to be virtual. And so I want to say like late spring when things were just not looking up. I was like, yeah, I don't think we're going back It was just sad, but I was just like, yeah, I would rather just be safe than sorry.
0: So, and and did you feel like you had to be making two plans at the same time? Like, I know different publicity teams handled this differently, but I know for some of the books I worked on. Yeah. For a while, they were kind of, like, making an in-person San Diego Comic-Con plan and a virtual San Diego Comic-Con plan kind of at the same time. And then for New York Comic-Con, and there was this sense of, like, mm-hmm. until this is officially canceled, we still have to kind of plan for it, even if we think it's not going to happen. I don't know how much you had to deal with that.
2: Uh, yeah, no, 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 we we had that, too, because um, I remember when, like, the, the ARCs for Twins dropped, they had you know, the national tour that we we're going to go on. And we had places that I was going to go. I was going to go to San Diego Comic-Con. I was going to uh, visit New York and visit all these places. And I was super excited because this was like my first book tour. Um, I had released two picture books before, but I hadn't gone on a book tour. And so with Twins coming out, I was like, oh man, this is like my first time. I'm going to get to travel. I'm going to get to like stay in hotels and like live this, life of luxury that doesn't happen ever. And so they had, you know, they had the original, this is what happens. Things are maybe cleared up. We could maybe get into, uh, I don't even know what conventions were happening, like in the fall where we were hoping stuff would be open. Probably New York
0: Comic Con and like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: think, yeah, I think they had New York Comic Con uh, on the plans, but then they also had... You know, just in case virtual stuff, and I think it got to a certain point where they were like, "No, it's all virtual." We're nope, <laughs> nope. We're just scrap that all that. Scrap that one plan we had. Like Shannon, I know you. You thought you were gonna go to like L.A. or something. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> and I
1: was like, Oh no! <laughs> so. Then what happened? Like you know, so you're. Like, yeah, I was gonna do this whole multi-city tour. So like, you know, instead, mm-hmm. virtual stuff. But what what does virtual stuff mean? Is that like virtual events, social media? Like how how did those things end up actually playing out?
2: Um. So yeah. So virtual events meant, and and the thing is, like, so many conventions. They had to like change everything. So we were working with them too. Uh, you now had conventions that were so used to just in-person things. And they were just like, okay, we have to figure out the tech to host all of these events. Um, and so that pretty much meant we had like a whole schedule um, for October because the book got released October 6th, where we had like back-to-back meetings with like libraries, uh conventions, um, like some, like, like school related things. We had a lot of meetings with, uh, booksellers. Um, that was one thing that really changed because, um, now we were like trying to make sure we were getting in front of booksellers so they could get their supplies and just our books in front of who needed, the books at that time, because everything was shifting. Um, You know, people couldn't come in anymore, but they still wanted to have links ready. They wanted to have um, list ready to go. Everything shifted to online, pretty much. It was like, now it's like all newsletters, all uh, links, all I'm trying to think what else there was. like.
0: It's more like we want to have a little interview with you so that we can use it to promote the fact that people can buy the book in our store type thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was a lot of that. And weirdly enough, I didn't realize how exhausting that was. Um, I don't think I had been in front of a, a camera that much since I was like super young where I was just like, you know, like things like uh, Skype had just came out. So you were just like always on Skype talking to friends. And I had never, I never had the need to like be in front of a camera and just talk to like a room full of people that often. It was a lot.
0: <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I, again, I'm not, I'm not sure how many of these types of events you had done for mm-hmm. other books that you'd come out with or like other kinds of just, I mean, I feel like anybody who's been in comics for a while, you've been on a panel at some point. Um, yeah. But like how, I've definitely when I've been talking to people and for the event, events I've had to be running and be in myself in the last year, it's been surprising the ways in which it feels different. And like the things about it that are challenging, I think, have really snuck up on people and are also different for everybody. Like, can you talk a little bit about what parts of it were sort of unexpectedly challenging or, uh, or
1: unexpectedly great and exciting?
0: <laughs> yeah. Just ways mm-hmm. that you had to adapt to doing it in this different format.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want. I think one of the most things that was, was challenging was trying to remember all these dates that was happening. I know there were many moments where my publicist would hit me up and she's like, hey, Shannon, uh, uh, this thing is happening in like five minutes or, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, crap, that's today. And I would just like totally forget. Like there, there were so many moments where I like, but either like um, show up just a little late, or I thought it was like on a totally different day. Like being inside, I lost track of days. I like I was like, it could be Thursday. Today could be Tuesday. I don't know what day it is. And that was like with a calendar and reminders. I was like, I don't know what day it is anymore. And then and then a challenging thing was um, trying to remember um which coast things were happening on (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that was I was I was like okay it like we would have some recordings where um we were dealing with people in LA so I was like okay what time is this recording and my recording would be at like eight o'clock and I was like oh my gosh it's 8 p.m and, you know, it's it's like five over there. And they're just like, you know, this is just like the end of the day, like whatever. And I'm like, it's 8 p.m. over here. Or we would have some um, panelists. Uh, we would be working on like a really good schedule on the East Coast. And someone's like, it's nine o'clock here. That was, that was really challenging, just trying to maneuver the time like time differences that that got to me a lot um and I know I and I feel like it got to like a lot of people but I will say one of the um good things or there was a lot of good things that came out of like the this like virtual meeting and these tours and panels was um I got to interact with a lot of creators I otherwise don't think I would have had the chance of meeting um Same way with just like meeting or like e-meeting like students and just like kids from all over. I remember I did one, um, it was more like a, a webinar seminar that I did that I hosted. I did like a draw along with a bunch of kids that I couldn't see them, but they like shouted out where they were all from and they were from like all over. And that's something that I had never experienced like going to um, just like San Diego or like SPX or something like that. I, you know, everyone was pretty much like, Oh, I'm from New York. I'm from this place, this place, but being in a chat and seeing kids saying, Hey, I'm from Canada. Hey, I'm from Ukraine. Hey, I'm from this place. I was like, y'all like really like wanted to come see me like in Virginia, like, It, it like made me feel really good to um, just meet people from all over. Um, Something that like, I haven't traveled a lot in my life. So, um, and I hope, hopefully like when things are like safe again, I take that opportunity to like travel and get out. Um, But meeting, meeting people uh, from all different parts of the world was just like, One of the benefits of like doing this tour virtually and just like having that connection that I otherwise don't think I would have or maybe not even have until like years later. So that's that's one positive, you know, try to think of some positives.
0: Yeah, I I feel like there was a lot of conversation about accessibility in general, like Mm -hmm. both geographically and uh, in terms of people have different disabilities or or different Mm -hmm. restrictions on their ability to travel or to attend big crowded events um, under normal circumstances. And it's been interesting watching people adapt to these really obviously not great circumstances I'm hoping that we're going to learn some useful, positive things about how to, especially for kids' events, Mm -hmm. like, you know, kids don't always live in big cities that have big Comic Cons. And even if they live in New Jersey, that doesn't mean they can get their parent to drive them across, you know, into Manhattan and go to Comic Con. Like, it's even for things that are relatively geographically accessible, sometimes kids can't access this stuff. And I, I feel like that's been a big game changer for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Also, just like um, one of the things that I feel like this virtual, these virtual meetups and panels have um, also exposed is just like, like the financial um, leaps that a lot of people have to go through. Um, there
0: and are, attendees there are, and creators. It's hard for creators too, right?
2: Yeah. Attendees. Yeah. And creators. There, there have been so many conventions that I had to drop out of because I just financially could not afford to get there. Um, Because once you factor in, you know, like plane, you know, it's like, you can write that off, but in the moment you're just like, I need to book my plane. I need to book a hotel. I need to account for food. I need to account for the printing I'm doing to attend this convention. That doesn't include like the cost of the um, uh, tickets. And there was just like, there's just so many like financial like hurdles that have come with attending conventions, attending, um, attending these conferences. Like festivals and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Festivals, conferences, like there's so many book conferences that once I look at the price, I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's too, that's too far out of my budget. You know, you're comparing it with, you know, rent and, 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 groceries and utilities. And you're just like, I don't think I can swing a $500, <laughs> like, um, meet up with a bunch of like, uh, book people. It's like, even though I would love to, it's just like financially not sound. And so the same thing goes with kids. It's just like, I don't know how you would expect a child, you know, and also like a parent with kids to be able to afford to go to a convention. Like that's, that's, that's just a lot on people. So I'm hoping moving forward, uh, we take a lot what we take a lot what we learned with virtual and still apply it moving forward. so people can access these conventions and we can do like recordings and people just have more access to each other.
0: I'm betting that Gina wants to ask about school visits. So I'm specifically prompting Gina to ask questions about school oh, yeah. visits. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, and I, I think school visits are, are also really interesting in this, this dynamic of, mm-hmm. you know, financial accessibility because you have the, the added dimension of like what kids have computers mm-hmm. and access to computers Um, and what kids might not have that, um, you know, which is, I think, another, another factor where, you know, on a book tour, you might go to a school and, you know, in a, in a big city or in a small town and Mm -hmm. reach all, all of the kids there. And, you know, is that, is that always the case when, you know, doing a, an event for kids? now when it's all, all virtual. Uh, but I also, I'm also curious in general about school visits and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, like how, how that is working of like, you know, what, what is, how is the virtual equivalent of standing up in front of on a stage in front of 200 kids? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like?
2: Um. Well, the thing is, I, I hadn't had the opportunity to just, like, stand in front of, you know, that's what I was hoping this, like, twins tour would have been, but I hadn't had the opportunity to just, like, stand in an auditorium of, like, 200 kids. Um, I hope to experience that, but, um, I have had the opportunity to go to, like, um, career days and just school visits within my own, um, like city and state I've done that before and while like virtual I'm still like reaching out um to kids and and the experience is still like like great it really you really can't compare to just being in a school and like like being in the hallways and um being in front of a bunch of kids and like having them like you know touch the books and like like ask their like outlandish questions and just like have that energy that's present um it's hard to replicate um and so it it, it's it's definitely like a huge it's it's a huge difference
0: um it's i it's interesting i feel like we've sort of been forced into this weird event mm -hmm. experiment about figuring out which things translate really well to virtual events and which things you're really losing something. Mm -hmm. So like we were just talking about some of the ways in which not being able to connect with kids in person is very different than trying to do a virtual event. But I, I feel like on the other end, sort of big town hall style events where you're all filing into an auditorium and they're very impersonal. Like I feel like those are translated really well. Yeah. Where like, like the the equivalent of a webinar where you're just like, you sit there, you watch some people talk for an hour. Mm-hmm. You would not have interacted with them. in if you were at the event, you do not interact with them here. And the, if anything, there's a chat, which there wouldn't be in an in-person version. And then when you're done, instead of having to take the subway, you'd get to shut your window and then you're done. Like those seem to have been the most successful in terms of like, this was a genuinely nice substitute for the in-person version. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the accessibility option is like great because like again, mostly those events happen in large cities a lot of the time, and yeah you can't always aff- you know, afford or or have the time to take the train for three hours to go to the nearest city to like watch an author talk in front of an audience of 500 people for an hour. like that's not <laughs> that's yeah. necessarily practical. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been a and, and I feel like those are usually pretty impersonal, so that's translated yeah. a little bit better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say the virtual school tours or school events that I have been a part of haven't been almost as energetic as like the in-person like uh, school visits that I've, I've done. Like the kids get super excited. Um, I did one recently and we were taking questions and I was showing them drawing things and, you know, I, I asked them to, you know, draw along and a bunch of them came up afterwards and just showed me their pictures on the screen. And they were just like very like jubilant. And that, and and the thing is I got to meet a bunch of different classrooms at the same time. Instead oh, that's of, nice. like, yeah. Instead of like trying to do that, like, Oh, can we go into the auditorium or can we like cycle through, you know, different classrooms? Like, am I going to meet, be able to go to every like class? But, um, it's been, it's been really nice and I've met some great students who have also come with like really good questions. I think uh, a lot of the virtual events have allowed kids to like prepare questions, um, uh, like just be really prepared with questions because I've gotten some really good like heavy hitter questions that like some adults don't even ask me. I'm just like,
0: <laughs> Can you remember any of them?
2: Um, I know, like, I I know some have to do with style, but a lot have to do with, like, uh, kids asking me, like, I know one, I know one little, uh, little black girl asked me about, like, um, about being a black woman making uh, cartoons um, in the midst of um, not feeling like she's good enough, but wanting to pursue it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like adults aren't even asking me like that question. She's just like, I really like doing this, but at times I don't feel like I'm good enough. How do I convince my mom that this is something I want to like uh, pursue? And I was just like, oh my gosh, uh, that's a good question. And that's you know, some I, real shit. Yeah, that's yeah, that's some that's some heavy shit. And so and it was and that was like only half of the question. I was like, oh my gosh. And so um. I answered the best way I could, you know, first off I told her, I was just like, Hey, you don't need to like compare yourself to me at all. Um, and I don't want you to like compare yourself to anyone. Like you are where you are like right now. Um, and I was just like, I, I wasn't here. Like I'm, you know, I'm 27. I was not here even like two years ago. I wasn't here. Um, and I told, you know, I also shared like, hey, there's different avenues in art and stuff that if there's if that's something you want to tell your mom, like there's different art avenues and, you know, list some things that she might be able to connect with. Hey, like, be like, hey, mom, you know, that show you love to watch an artist did that, like, you know, um, you know, because adults, for some reason, they just forget that the things they consume, like creators and artists like are a part of that. Like a person made this. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I don't know, remind your mom that like a human being made this and that you could be that human being. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it was like, it's like heavy questions like that. Or I had a student ask about like style, like what styles influences, like what are you leaning, like what types of media are you leaning on to find your style? And I was just like, oh my God, kid, how old are you? Just like, and, and of course, he's just like, you know, I draw this way and I lean on this and stuff. It's like, what advice would you get? What he, he was like, what advice would you give to like uh, find a style that suits you in order to create? And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I would, I was like, who was I at 11 years old? Like, can I? This open- is a
0: conversation adult cartoonists have with each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. Adult cartoonists that also like know each other. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was some heavy stuff, but I was like, thank you for asking this because I, t- I typically get the, the, the normal stuff from adults like, watch your inspiration. Watch your inspiration. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Money, not, you know, <laughs> having food on my table. I don't know. <laughs> so, so
0: backing up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and cause I, Gene and I are, are, are going to do this thing where we're going to be like, we're idiots who don't know anything for the sake of the people listening to this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to make you explain it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So f- for all of these events, like how are these getting organized? Like, are you calling up schools cold and saying, hello, I'd like to come talk to your students? Like, how mm-hmm. does this work for, for all these conventions and, and school events you were doing?
2: Um, so for me, um, my publicist, uh was doing um pretty much all of them uh thank god for like having a publicist i had never had a publicist before and so much of the stress got taken off of me because literally i was just like okay well i don't know how this book tour is gonna happen because i don't i don't know how to just like call up a school and be like hi i don't know if you've heard of me um yeah that's me making that book no no, that's really me uh (laughs) like I, i i i wouldn't have known how to do any of that but um Graphics and, like, Scholastic, um, they already had, like, a game plan. They had, like, a list of uh, booksellers and conventions. And they have um, – also some schools had already, like, reached out to them. Um, but I know recently I'm, – I'm currently taking a hiatus because I got, like, super burnt out from um, a lot of the virtual, virtual like, meetups and tours and stuff like that. Um, but – I've had like a lot of like schools reach out to me or like teachers, individual teachers uh, just reach out and say, Hey, um, are you doing virtual tours? Is that something you do? What's your rate and all this other stuff. Um, So a lot of it has just been people reaching out to me since um, Scholastic and my publicist did a lot of the heavy lifting to just get my name out there, Um, which thank God, because like, I'm just a ball of anxiety who like struggles to answer like two emails. So, so that this, this has been working in my favor. So I just don't like break down.
1: Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, also you have a whole other thing to do with like making a comic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, hence, hence why I got an agent because I was just like, Hey, I don't think I can do all of this. Like, I don't, I don't know what contracts are and you know, Every you know, if, if if there's people who can do that and do it well, then I'm just gonna lean on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we here at do- Graphic novel TK love for cartoonists to not have to deal with that shit. You've got only so many hours on this earth.
2: Mm-hmm. Pay somebody
0: else to negotiate your contract for you. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's just like if, if this is the thing that you love to do or like you know how to do, and I'm not like like catching everything on fire, please take over. I will gladly just give you the keys to this car. <laughs> and I will just hop in the passenger seat. That's fine.
0: So you mentioned earlier that after a while you were feeling maybe a little bit burnt out on virtual mm-hmm. events. Like I've, I've heard that from a lot of people because um, mm-hmm. I think there's a temptation because you can do 8 million events that you therefore should just say yes to everything.
2: Yeah, that's um, what I was doing.
0: It was So was this like a was this like a conversation that you were kind of having with your publicist where they're like, "Hey, like people are reaching out to us. How are you feeling about this?" Like, was this sort of an ongoing checking in process between you and the rest of your team?
2: Yeah, um I actually took it upon myself um and I and I I had a little bit to think about it because like you said it's just like I can do it because it's just, it's, it's just like, just because you can do it doesn't mean like you should be doing all of this, but that's what was happening. I, I had to like sit with myself and I sent an email to everyone. Um, like my editor, my publicist, even Varian. And I said, Hey y'all, um, I love all of these events. They've been great, but I have found myself like, physically and mentally not in a great space. And I don't think I can like take on these, like for the rest of like the spring and stuff. And they're very understanding, which I was so happy for um, and, and whatnot. But I, it was something I had pondered cause I was just like, am I letting, I was like, am I letting a bunch of kids down? Am I like um, not promoting this book enough? Like it, have I like failed as like a creator Of like not pushing this book more, but I was I had to think I was like no Shannon you're actually doing yourself a disservice by trying to just throw yourself into more events and not having your heart in it, Um, and you know people are going to be able to you know tell and then you're just going to resent this book and just this 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 industry and stuff like that and I and that's that's something I didn't want, so I really had to be like hey, this is the best for me. Uh, I'm going through some stuff. I would prefer to just like take a step back and then just come back and hop back into these events and meet meet all these like great people when I can focus and have the energy and time.
0: Something a friend of the podcast, Carrie Peach, says a lot is you have to be a person first and then a cartoonist. Like you can't yeah. you can't reverse the order. It does not work. <laughs>
2: yeah it, yeah, yeah. and I've tried to reverse the order and it always ends up in like hellfire. So <laughs> I'm learning, uh, I've been learning that I am a person first.
0: and it's I very inconvenient, to- but very true.
2: I know, yeah, 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 it, it, it it's funny how it always comes after you've crashed and burned and you're like in a ditch somewhere and you're just like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and so like that's what I'm doing now. I'm just like, wait, Shannon you're a human who has, you're not a machine. And yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like it's a hard lesson, no matter what age that I'm just like, get it through your thick skull. What is wrong with you? But.
1: Well, we, we appreciate you taking this time to talk to us even um, mm-hmm. while you're, while you're dealing with all of the the fallout from all of the fall events. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're welcome.
2: You're welcome. I, 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 I consciously thought like this was, this was something I consciously thought about too. I was just like, Shannon, do you have the capacity to do this? And I was like, yes, we do. And also the time, the time works too. Um, It's not at like 9 PM.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, we aim to please with our podcast interview scheduling. I don't,
0: I don't know if Gina has a more sophisticated way of asking this. And so Gina, feel free to repeat this question in a fancier way. Uh, if you want to after I'm done. Um, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of, I have personally as a cartoonist felt a huge pressure to be like maximally social mediaing in a way that I don't normally because of the lack of in-person stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when my book came out, I definitely was like freaking out a little bit because I, I simultaneously had never had less energy in my life to be on Twitter oh, and yet yeah. felt, if I'm not on Twitter promoting my book constantly, I am a failure who's letting everybody down. but like mm-hmm. obviously that is not the case, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of wondering uh, if you have any anything to share with our listeners about your your personal journey through that uh, the torment of your Twitter relationship.
1: Yeah, and Shannon, I just feel like you were doing you did so much to promote twins on social media, like yeah, you, was, you were on fire, yeah yeah, so like yeah, how, how was that? I, um, I don't know. I don't know
2: what came over me, but I was just like, okay, well, we're not going to be in person. I was like, but I really believe in this book. I really like this book. I like these characters. And I was just like, I, I think it came out of a place of like, I don't want people to forget me, which is, which is a weird, which is a weird thing. Like they're not, they're not going to forget me. And they're That's not a mood me. though. Like highly yeah. relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, if I don't tweet about this, if I don't like make updates and stuff, my book is just going to fall through the cracks, even though it was like being promoted by Scholastic, who everyone knows. But I was just like, I have to stay on it. Like I have to make sure people know that I'm excited for this book because if it doesn't look like I'm excited for this book, why would someone want to buy this book? And it was just like, I just went into like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know. It was like, some kind of spirit overtook me and like a food was, state. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was also at home. So I was just like, what else am I going to do except for tweet? Um, and stuff. I was just like, I don't, I'm not like a millionaire who can just like, you know, not tweet or something, uh, <laughs> even though they still do. I mean, that's my thing. I was like, if I was a millionaire, I would just not have a Twitter. Like, But I'm just like, I'm a common folk. So of course I'm going to be on Twitter. Um, <laughs> And so I was just like tweeting and I was like, okay, here's like a, an update. Like we are, we're a week away. We're a, a day away. We're this away. Like here's a drawing I did of them. And uh, I don't, I don't like, sometimes I feel like I was doing too much, but at the same time, um, like nothing's wrong with just, you know, promoting yourself and hyping yourself up. I, I think so So many times, like, we try to dampen, like, our excitement for the things we create and stuff. And it was just like, this book was, like, years in the making. Like, y'all can deal with me just being annoying for, like, a month or so. Like, <laughs> get over it. Also,
0: in my experience, when you have a book come out, you feel like you're yelling about it constantly and never shut up. And invariably a year later somebody's like oh my god you had a book come out i had no idea like yes
2: yes (laughs) yes oh my god yes there were so (laughs) many moments where i i definitely was like posting pre-order links and and doing all this other stuff and there would be people who i you know thought was you know were following me and they would just be like hey i saw that you had a book out and i was like yes Yes. (laughs)
1: Weren't you there
2: with me? But yeah, so that's the thing. But then, you know, I have to realize, you know, people have lives and, and whatnot. So things, also, the algorithm on Twitter is like
1: wild. Oh, it's brutal. So, Shannon, you and I always see each other in person at like conventions and festivals. I feel like I. There's so many different festivals that I've gone to or, or comics conventions where I've been like, ah, oh, it's Shanna, this is amazing And then we would catch up and you know mm-hmm. maybe you'd have a mini comic or, and it would be awesome. Like how like that sort of interaction is not happening mm-hmm. And I, I have felt that this has been very strange that these these people that I that I see all the time, for you know 10 minutes at four different conventions every year. I I haven't had interactions with how how has that been? Has has your like comics social universe had a a shift with not having these kind of mass group events where the community comes together?
2: Um it it's had like a slight shift Um, I feel like in order to like make up for that absence, I've been, um, me and like those people that I would meet at conventions, we've met, we, we have shifted to like discord and to just like talking on Twitter or like texting each other. Um, I know like some of the people that I would meet up at conventions, we, we have like made some like book, we'll have like a book chat and stuff, um. I know, like, Zach Clemente and, like, Jam and stuff, we tried to, like, meet up once a week, and it started as, like, a book club for, uh for Bleach, and then it just shifted into, like, <laughs> and then it just shifted into, like, hey, y'all, you're, y'all just want to chat about anything, and so it's not the same as, like, hugging them and seeing them and, like, going out to eat, but we're finding, we've been finding ways to just like still kind of like see each other and talk and like send each other stuff. Um, but I would be lying if I said I didn't miss like seeing someone from across the convention center pointing to each other and then like running
1: to someone another to
2: like chat and like, you know, like word vomit everything before like we go back to our tables. Um, but um, I think the places we're trying to like make up for that is like discords and playing video games together a few nights a week or talking on like Twitter, like sending each other memes or reaction images and stuff like that. I think everyone's trying to do their best to like uh, fill in those gaps on where uh, we would see each other at conventions and stuff. And, And weirdly enough, I've like, I feel like I've talked to, people more than i had at conventions because just like we're here for like three days and there's only but so many people i can see at one time and i can't like hang out with everyone um but i would be lying i I, you know i can't wait to see everyone at conventions with like like two bottles of hand sanitizer ready to go (laughs) like just like a whole face mask and stuff i feel
0: like It's been very difficult. I mean, obviously, everybody's experience of this is different because we're all Mm -hmm. different people with different social spheres. Um, When I've talked to people about this, it seems like a problem a lot of people are having is that it hasn't been so bad to stay in touch with people who you know pretty well. Mm -hmm. But it's been really hard to chat with people. You're kind of like the kinds of people that you would have been getting to know well enough to be a friend at a convention maybe that year. Yeah. Like, those sort of acquaintance-level people. I feel like those people, I just have no way to interact with them other than, like, main Twitter, But I don't always have the energy to be on Twitter socializing with people. And it's by necessity, because it's in public, it's going to be, like, a different kind of like, very shallow interaction and that kind of feeling of, it's one in the morning at SPX, and I'm hanging out in the lobby with somebody who I kind of know, and then we have a great conversation, and by the end of the weekend, we're friends now. Like, there's no... Yeah that is not something that happened
2: in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like there, and there's also just like this weird, like um, familiarity, like I don't want to do on main Twitter. Like I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to like, like at people and be like, Hey, did you read this? And like, they either respond and then like some rando hops in. And it's just like, it's so weird. Like main, main Twitter has been like weird for those interactions. And like, you know, I don't want to hop in someone's DMs. That's just, that's also weird. And yeah, so, like if you don't
0: know them well enough for a private conversation, there's just no way to have certain conversations with people this year.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, like you said, like there will be so many moments where you're just like in the lobby at a convention and next thing you know it, you're just like, wow, this person and I share a love for this fandom that I otherwise didn't know that they also loved. and, and now, yeah, now y'all are like buddies and, and exchanging like charm bracelets and stuff like that and you know <laughs> you're just like oh wow you're you're a shipper too you're like yeah and then yeah yeah that that's that's like me and Gina that's that's how me and Gina <laughs> interrupted yep. yep 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 and that's how it is like you're just like oh wait you like this fandom and you're like i love that fandom and then <laughs> now you're friends now you're friends now you're like yes blood brothers or something like that i don't know <laughs> and i feel like the cousin
0: version of that is when you're tabling and you just become best friends with whoever is tabling next to you because you have yeah. literally nothing like it's a real slow convention maybe and you're just like hey it turns out we both listened to the same stupid podcast and now mm-hmm. we're going to just be pals forever because we suffered through this bad convention together <laughs> yep or like
2: thank you for watching my money like thanks for (laughs) making sure no one robbed me and now yeah now you're like at this person's wedding so you know it happens
0: (laughs) but it's been i i don't know about you also i feel like in my comics because of course comics is one of those weird social professional spaces right where Mm -hmm. a lot of our friends are also our colleagues uh, I felt very fortunate. It's It's been very clear to me who the kind of cornerstone people are who have been putting a lot of work into scheduling things and making sure that there's things like book clubs or discords or yeah. movie nights or whatever. Um, and I and I, I will forever be grateful to those people who, when the rest of us were too exhausted to plan anything, were like the sheepdogs relentlessly hounding us all into staying in touch with each other.
2: Yes. Yeah. I i like i'm in some discords and like the organization some of my friends have done i'm just like yeah i couldn't have done that i would have just like cried broke down and cried um it's like so i thank y'all i thank y'all for uh keeping this like holding the glue being the glue that holds this this shaky friendship together or something (laughs) And
0: to circle back around to the topic of this episode it's been really nice for me that it's gotten way easier for me to be the supportive pal at my friend's events than it usually is
2: mm-hmm. like I can yeah.
0: go to some random like my a friend of mine did a talk at her college like her mm-hmm. alma mater and normally I would not have like taken the train down to Pennsylvania to go watch her yeah. talk for an hour to a bunch of undergraduates but like this was, I could just register for this eventbrite thing. And I got a link and I just spent an hour eating dinner and listening to her talk to college students. And it was very nice. And I got to text her afterwards and tell her she did a great job. And I am very (laughs) grateful for that. You know?
2: Yeah, I did. I did the same thing with, um, one of my friends, uh, she spoke at her alma mater and otherwise, like, I don't think I would have been able to go to, uh, like RISD or something to do that. (laughs) So, you know, I, like, a bunch of us, a bunch of our friends, like, showed up and stuff, and we were definitely embarrassing her, and I, like, had a sign. I, like, made a sign that I was like, we love you, and she was like, oh, my God, my friends are embarrassing me, but we're just like, we're just like, yeah, we love you, and it was just, <laughs> it was great, and, then, and like you said, I could just, like, I just was snacking on some chips or some dinner and stuff and listening to her talk, and, and like, I've had a lot of my, my friends come to, like, my web events and... Yeah, I'm just like, wow, it, it, it feels really good. It feels really good to, you know, just have them there when otherwise it's just like, sorry, I can't come to L.A. right now uh, to
1: be at your thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like that that has been this huge benefit that um, the doing other things while listening to panels has been a huge pandemic benefit of like, I can have some chips while watching this panel and no one's going to be like, you are crunching very loudly in the middle of my talk. Yeah, I can be like, Oh, um, this person has a panel at six o'clock, and I want to listen to it. But like, I just have these emails that I need to reply to. And I need to do that before the end of the day. But like, let me just turn the panel on. And it, and you know, they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll get through the introductions and talk about like, what a great bookstore it is that they're doing this panel with. And I'll just like, finish that last email up. And I'm not gonna like, then have to jump on a train and yeah, It'll
2: be 30 minutes late today. <laughs> there, yeah, there's been so many uh instances where I'll just put on a panel and I'm finishing up like an illustration job. So it's just like I have the panel on my main uh um, screen and then I have my Cintiq next to me and I'm just like nodding along and stuff. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like opening another layer to draw on. I'm just like, mm hmm, mm hmm. <laughs>
0: It's, it's been interesting. I mean, again, we've all had this conversation 8 million times in the last year, but like, cause you want to be careful and not sort of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. You don't want to act as if we aren't all dealing with like extremely traumatic and stressful shit. Like this is bad. And I, I don't ever want to imply that Yeah, this is some kind of secret great prize that we've received here. But on the other hand, like I, I know personally, uh, I, I never want to tell somebody else how to experience things or like prescribe to someone else like this is how you should feel about this. But like for me personally, it's yeah. been nice to be able to take time to appreciate the, the, the I don't know, people say silver lining a lot. But I, I guess more like yeah. I, I've just been, I've been very doing a lot of very conscientious gratitude recently. Like this yeah. sucks. But I did get to watch this amazing panel. Like, I think like a perfect example of this is I I moderated a panel, I think, for mice last year. Yeah. um, Where we had somebody, uh, I think, in California and we had somebody in uh, Ireland. Mm hmm right and we would never in a million these people would never have been able to be on the same panel with each other let alone at a small regional convention like mice and it was a great panel with like really cool smart people they all had wonderful things to say and they had a great conversation and i on the one hand it like i was like i'm very i am mourning the fact that we can't be at mice in person and this is very sad yeah and this sucks on the other hand uh this is a really unique thing that I'm getting to be a part of. And I, and I do sort of want to
2: try to find some joy in that. Yeah. I got to meet, like I got to be on panels with a bunch of like French creators. And I was like, you know, I was just captivated. I was just like, wow. When would I ever just get to be on a panel with just like a French speaking creator? Just like, and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) I was like, here I am just little old me next to just like, like just you, <laughs> it was it was it was great, and you know, like you said, like someone in Ireland or someone in California, and you know, just a lot of people. I was like hanging out with people who live in Canada, and I was like, "This is amazing! This is wild!" I hope
0: that we can hold on to some of this. Yeah, like, I hope that now that we have this really great infrastructure, we've all built, and we've all gotten really good at running these events. Mm -hmm. you know i I hope that we do still keep doing versions of this even if it isn't the only kind of event that we're doing
2: yeah i i feel like it would just be beneficial to so many people because again like you know we talked about access and whatnot it's just like a lot more people have been able to just see some of their favorite creators and that's something that just wasn't happening like i i for instance got to actually sit in and just listen to people I adore um, that I otherwise would not get to. And, and not even, and not even just like comic panels, like so many other industries. I got to listen to like, like animation. I I've gotten to listen to like music, like just music panels and just stuff like that. And it's just like, this is, this is so amazing. Like,
0: yeah. And I feel like we were starting to see, um, a movement toward also recording and streaming more things like panels at in-person conventions mm-hmm. um, and I hope we keep moving in that direction whenever it's possible especially because then you can add things like captions also oh uh, yeah which I know is a huge accessibility thing for a lot of people
2: yeah yeah that's been yeah that's been a great thing um the inclusion of captions like I I I love captions I've I can't watch anything without captions and stuff. And I just, they're great.
1: Okay, Shannon, did you have a most favorite part of your twins promotional adventure and a least favorite part? (laughs) was Was there anything that was like, now that I've done this sort of event or this sort of social media promotion, or yeah, maybe not anymore or something that you're like I can talk to booksellers any day they're amazing
2: yeah my favorite part about this like twins tour was um I think just the the student events like things with the students um and also just listening to creators talk about their um, experiences with creating their books and there were, there were so many instances where I was on panels with people describing their books and their inspiration for it. And I like teared up and I was like, oh my gosh, Shannon, is it like the depression? Full on like, I was like, let me turn off my like camera so no one's usually crying and stuff. Um, but those moments were good because um, it came out a place where I was like, feeling very like lost with my, creativity and just like my like drive and just like wanting to like make things and so hearing creators talk about either their struggles or just like that that sliver of joy that they have like it it gives you a spark and so I was like dang I really like this because it's just like I'm not alone and you know other people are here going through it too and just listening to them talk about their process I love listening to people talk about process and craft and so um, being on some panels where people would show um, their process and how they got from point A to B, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I want to either apply that to my thing or something like that. Um, I'm trying to think of my least favorite thing.
0: Uh, I assume it's forgetting what time zone your event was going to be in. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That There was that and also... Um, My thing is like, if I have an event that's like smack dab in the middle of the day, then that's it. That's all I have. Like I, there's nothing else happening. Like I'm not going to be doing anything else. Like the events that were happening at like two o'clock, I, I couldn't bring myself to do anything before them, like to get anything done before the event or after the event. So I was just like, well, there goes a whole day and it's just like. This, this this event is, like, 45 minutes an hour. I've lost a whole day. So that was, like, my least favorite thing because I felt like there were so many moments where I was, like, I didn't get anything done, so.
0: Yeah, it's, like, on the one hand, the event is work. and the other hand, it's, like, not maybe the ideal way to kill your entire day.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I had heard a lot of people say the same thing. Oh, absolutely.
1: So...
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, having done a few events that are at you know one forty-five or something like that myself, but yeah, it is. It's very weird because it's just you know you you want to prepare beforehand, so that takes up some time, and then afterwards you're like, I have to sit back and rest. I can't just dive into stuff, and then you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. somehow.
0: The adrenal the post event adrenaline is like a real thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not necessarily conducive to doing your job.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I think the
0: last time I did I hosted an event a few days ago um and it was it went really well, but I was so high in adrenaline afterward. I think I stayed up till like five o'clock in the morning listening to an audio book because I just could not sleep. <laughs> Like at least the one was in the evening, so it didn't take over the entire day. But then, like the consequences of it being in the evening were also pretty intense. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So I so our traditional question for the end of the podcast is: if Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we did not ask you about? And the answer can this? Oh, I'm
1: sorry. For that advice for authors whose books are coming out now during the pandemic. Um, oh yeah the whole podcast I mean you've covered a lot
0: of ground but is there anything in particular you want to highlight
1: yeah are you like this you should definitely do uh, pandemic inflicted authors
2: um yeah I would say um I mean I feel like this is like pretty like standard advice but like go easy on yourself like don't be too hard um that your you know book is like coming out in a pandemic i know i know like this past year i kind of got down on myself because i was just like oh my books come out in a pandemic like does it even matter and and like you know it 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 makes you feel a certain way because you're not like out in the public promoting it in bookstores and stuff like that but like your books is still going to have like impact um, even if it's just, like, released virtually. Well, well, people can still buy it, like, physically. But um, I would say also don't be afraid to just promote your stuff online. Like, no one's going to get mad at you for pushing your book and stuff like that because that's how we have to do things right now. We have to push it online because that's how we're able to access things. So, um, yeah, I would say authors with the book coming out, like promote it, have fun with it. Um, if you want to do silly things uh, to promote it, do that. Um, but also um, if you do not have the energy, no one's going to be mad at you and fight it because we are dealing with the pandemic. I, I know, I, I feel like even before my book released, I was already pretty just like exhausted and I was just like, am I gonna have the energy to like be on top of this? And it's okay if you don't. Um, it was a sudden shift to suddenly be like, we're gonna go on a, 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 a physical tour and now it's a virtual tour and we're still inside. So um, that's, I mean, yeah, I would, that's, that's some of my recommendations for um, authors. Some things that I wouldn't recommend,
1: uh, i mean i think those are two great things to recommend i feel like you can't say like take care of yourself enough times yeah
2: yeah uh, and yeah.
1: I,
0: mean, I think what you said earlier about not just saying yes to everything and completely destroying yourself is a oh, pretty good example of what not to do
2: <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah that's a thing i wouldn't recommend it's just like just because you know everyone thinks like oh we have access now and stuff like no, don't, you do not have to say yes to everything. And again, I feel like that's something I'm still figuring out. Like, y'all, it's okay to just like set some boundaries. I am learning to set some boundaries. Oh, 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 yeah. That's another thing. Oh, yeah. So now, thank you for reminding me. I don't even know if you reminded me. Um, <laughs> yeah, set some boundaries with uh, fans. Um, during this time, because everyone thinks, you know, because everything's online, everyone has access to you. be sure to set some boundaries. Um, this is just something I want to like personally talk about. And I think it's something I can talk about. Cause I talked about it with some uh, creators. Um, kids, a lot of kids feel like they have access to you. Um, please set like a boundary for that. Um, I had an incident where like, you know, I have all the, I am stepping into like the kids fear with like my, you know, I'm making kids content. I'm making a, I made a kid's book. Um, and so a lot of kids are finding me and they're just like, I love your work, yada, 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 yada. And they're reaching out, uh, make sure you set a boundary, um, and just be like, Hey, I appreciate, you know, the support, but you know, know when to just be like, No, (laughs) you know boundaries are good to set um i talked to like a creator about that you know kids kids love to just reach out and they're eager and stuff but it's like you're an adult make sure you're just putting your foot down
0: their brains are not cooked yet they literally don't know how to have boundaries yeah they 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 psychologically developmentally cannot do this you have to it has to come from you to a certain extent yeah
2: As an adult, you have to be the one to set that boundary. So that's something I would recommend to authors, especially authors who are entering like kids media and stuff. Like kids, kids are just eager. They're just like, I have access. I I have access to my favorite creator, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, y'all
0: boundaries. And a lot of them right now are like lonely and bored. Yes. Uh, Yes.
2: Which does not help. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, yeah. A lot of, a lot of us, even not even just kids, they're just lonely and bored. So people are just like, I have your handle. I know where you are online, you know, sending messages and emails are like accessible to a lot of people. Just it's scary. The internet is scary. Like that's one thing that I still think about, you know, um, being on the internet for like more than a decade and stuff it's, it's a scary place and stuff. And it's just like, again, just create those boundaries, say no, and just like protect your peace. Um, that's something I would re- re- recommend. Oh, and don't read like, um, reviews. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The reviews are not for you. Don't read them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Don't read them. Don't even bother. Like I don't, I don't read reviews and stuff. Um, the only time I've read reviews is like, if they're coming, like my publicist has sent them to us for like star reviews.
0: A lot of people have a buddy who's like, they're designated, send me the good, good read reviews so I can read only those and they will make me happy. And I will not ever look at any of the other ones on my, by myself. Yeah.
2: Even, even those, I haven't even like told anyone. I I just don't read them. I'm just like, yeah, it's better in the world. Y'all, y'all people are going to talk and stuff. I'm just going to keep going and just going
1: about my day. (laughs)
0: That is a, the healthiest possible attitude <laughs>
1: to have Indeed, about this The recommendation.
0: Yeah. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for coming and talking to us about this. We really sincerely appreciate you taking the time. I mean, we always do when people come and talk to us on the podcast, but now more than ever, we are very mm-hmm. grateful to you for, for talking to us about this.
1: You're welcome. Um, yeah. So if people, um, not, kids would like to find you online and to find <laughs> twins um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where can they do that um, well you can find me on Twitter
2: and Instagram at so this is, this is my handle it's at Shannon drew this I made it a long time ago because I did in fact draw this um, and you can also find me at my website uh, at Shannon-Wright Um, I have links on all of those things. Um, I have like in my Twitter bio, I think I have a link to like buy twins on my website. I have a book section so you can click on links there. Um, and yeah, those are, those are the main places I am and whatnot. So yeah, that's where you can find me online, Twitter, Instagram, and then my website.
1: Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for coming and doing this and talking to us. We we really appreciate it. And this has been great. Thank you. Thank you for
2: having me. This was this was fun. This was a lot of fun.
0: This episode was edited by Amanda Freeberg. Graphic Novel TK is co-produced by Gina Gagliano and Alison Wilgis and is brought to you by The Beat. You can find our show notes, along with other comics news and podcasts, at comicsbeat.com. Our podcast graphics were created by Shivana Sokdeo. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear. You can follow us on Twitter at TK or email us at graphicnoveltk at gmail.com.